The image of the vine is very prominent in the gospel today, the image of the vine. And I was, and I was intrigued a little bit as to what kind of vine Jesus was referring to in the gospel today. So I dig a little bit deeper, um, looking at biblical commentaries on what this vine that Jesus was referring to, and understanding what this vine is also would also facilitate our own understanding of the spiritual message of the gospel that we just heard. According to biblical anthropologists and biblical archaeologists, the vine that Jesus was referring to in the gospel today was very common during the time of Jesus. So when the people heard this, they knew right away what he was referring to. But that the description of biblical anthropologists as to what this vine is, is really helpful in our own understanding of the spiritual message. So I'm just going to read to you what, what this vine that Jesus was referring to according to the expert. It is a plant which needs a great deal of attention if the best fruit is to be gotten out of it. It is grown commonly on terraces. The ground has to be perfectly clean. It is sometimes terrained on terraces, at times allowed to creep over the ground, upheld by low fork sticks. But whenever it grows, careful preparation of the soil is essential. It grows luxuriantly, and drastic pruning is necessary. So luxuriant is it that the slips are set in the ground at least 12 feet apart, for it will creep over the ground at speed. A young vine is not allowed to fruit for the first three years, and each year is cut drastically back to develop and conserve its life and energy. When mature, it is pruned in December and January. It bears two kinds of branches, one that bears fruits and the other one does not, and the branches that do not bear fruit are drastically pruned back so that they will not drain away none of the plant's strength. Interesting, the description of the biblical anthropologists and archaeologists about this. It really gives us a window of the spiritual message that Jesus wants to convey. In virtue of our own baptism, we have been grafted to the vine, who is Christ. And we can only grow in our own discipleship if we stay connected, if we stay connected to the vine. The branches will not survive apart from the vine. And what does it really mean to remain, to abide? What is the, you know, this word keeps on getting repeated so many times in the gospel. The word that was used by John in Greek for remain is the word meno, 
And meno is not just to stay because there is an external requirement for you to stay. But rather, meno, to remain, is I stay because I experience inner transformation, inner conversion. There is something that is changed in me when I stay. That's what it means. This just reminded me of a story of an experience of mine not too long ago. One of the teens in the confirmation class asked if, they, if he could see me. And uh, so he had an appointment, and we talk about his apprehensions on receiving the sacrament of confirmation. You know, the reality nowadays is that majority of those who are getting confirmed were there or there because they have been forced <laughs> to be there. And hopefully, even though they are there because they have been forced, their experience in the process of, of the sacrament of confirmation would really, ch- would really change their heart, that it becomes a personal, conscious, and a willful decision on, his, on their part. But this particular teen was really struggling because he, he, he knew what, what the sacrament is. So he made an appointment with me, and we were talking about, um, about his faith journey. And he said, don't get me wrong, Father. I believe what the Catholic Church teaches. I fully embrace them. What I am really struggling, what I am really struggling is this. It's relevance in my own life. And I said, what do you mean? You know, my parents had been practicing the faith, going to Mass every Sunday, being involved in some of the activities. But you know, our family life is a mess. (laughs) Our family life is a mess. It's like just going through the checklist and that's it. And, and you know, I get, I get more sermons at home than at church. <laughs> and two of my siblings left early because they could no longer stand being at home. It's like, how can I even believe this? My parents had been into this for so long, but there seems to be no real transformation in our family life. This is what I mean, guys, when, I, when Jesus says, remain in me as I remain in you. It's not just going through the external obligations that, okay, I remain because I go to Mass every Sunday. I go to Mass because I follow the external requirements of the law, but rather there is an inner transformation happening within, that I am being transformed according to the image and will of God for me. <laughs> and that, my external, my, my, my external observance also also mirrors the conversion, the configuration to the person of Christ that is happening within me. The the second reading today from the letter of St. John really captures this. 
the first letter of St. John, the opening words, Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. <laughs> One of the things, too, that we keep on hearing in the gospel today is that the vine has to be pruned, has to be pruned. Landscapers knew this very well. Those of you who love gardening knows this really well. You know, if you want to form a particular plant in a particular image or form, you have to prune them. You have to prune them, removing, you know, removing the unnecessary, the, the, the unnecessary branches in there that overcrowd the plant. Well, we know that in our own spiritual life, that's the same thing too. If you want to be formed, to be configured according to the image of Christ, there are a lot of things in us that needs to be pruned. Because if not, all of these unnecessary branches could overcrowd even the branches that are healthy that are bearing fruit. They become wild and they overcrowd everything else. I know in my own life, those wild branches that I need to constantly prune. You know, one of the things that I, you know, <laughs> that my wild branch that I recognize is my impatience. I am so impatient. On the road, and to tell you, the, on people, especially inefficiency. <laughs> You know, I, I'm just like, ugh, you know. But I realize that my impatience too, if I don't prune it, it would also affect even the healthy branches that I have in my life. Talk about, for, for example, the wild branch of addiction. The wild branch of addiction, how it, some, it could it, it could. Uh, overwhelm all the other good areas that are happening in our own lives. But the good thing about this is that even though sometimes we don't bear fruit, the Lord that does not cut us off. You know, one of the things that was eye-opener for me as I was reading the Greek original of this is that, and the biblical commentators were saying, you know, the vine grower does not cut off, but he only prunes. He does not cut off. So it's like, what is that? When you prune, you cut off something. But what it says is that it doesn't cut, cut off branches, but only little things. If I remember, 17 years, almost 18 years ago, when I first came to, to the U.S., in my first winter, as, as in my seminar um, during vacation, uh, during Christmas break, I live in Portland, and uh, I live in this beautiful family home, really nice f family, and uh, they have a beautiful garden, they said, during spring, and uh, as I was going, as I was spending a little bit of time um, in the patio, I saw like plants 
bereft of leaves. And I was like, they look really ugly. So I thought I was giving them a favor, so I cut them. And when they returned, they were horrified. I was just like, they're going to come back. They're going to come back in spring. They're going to come back in spring. You know, looking at our own spiritual life, sometimes we think that, you know, we don't have the leaves, we don't look good. Some people think that we're dead, even. But God does not cut us off like what I did with a plant. But rather, He waits for our own springtime. He waits for our own springtime so that we bloom once again. This is what it is. God is so patient with us. God is so patient with us that He waits for our own springtime in order for us to bloom once again. But I ask myself, you know, how persistent am I in actually seizing the springtime moment in my life? There are times when I wait, it's like, oh, I don't want to get, I, I don't want to deal with this wild branch right now. I can wait later, postponing it and postponing it and postponing it. Or sometimes that branch is already so withered then it's like, oh, I, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to deal with my own springtime later on, but we have to seize the moment right now and not wait in the end because sometimes we abuse the patience of God. You know, the, the sin of presumption. Oh, God is merciful. God is so loving. He's going to be understanding. He, we can wait. But no, but God wants us to bear fruit right now, not in the end. So the question that we can ask ourselves is, what areas in my life that needs a little bit of pruning so that not only I transform into that form that God has in mind for me, but also bear fruit?